Hello and welcome to the fifth and final instalment of this series of podcasts brought to you by the Leaders Performance Institute and our partners, Conduct. I'm your host, John Porch, the editor here at the Leaders Performance Institute, and for the best part of a year now, we have endeavoured to bring you human performance experts from across the world discussing best practice, the role of performance data, and what the future of athlete and intelligence management systems may look like. In this final episode of the Kinduck Athlete Management Series, I sat down with Tommy Powers, the Strength and Conditioning Advisor at the NHL's Arizona Coyotes, and the former Strength and Conditioning Coach of the Florida Panthers. He also heads up his own performance centre called Empowers Performance, where he helps to formulate programmes for individual athletes from youth all the way to pro level. Tommy was a college hockey player himself at the University of Massachusetts, UMass, an NCAA Division I school, and he has worked in the NHL for eight years and counting. He is well placed to explain how technology can be used in SNC to make athletes faster, healthier, and stronger. At this point, we know that sport at all levels has ground to a halt in numerous parts of the world due to the ongoing spread of COVID-19. And before we get into this, I just wanted to take a moment to wish you, your friends and family all well, wherever you happen to be listening to this. Right, let's get into it. Tommy Powers, welcome to the Conduct Athlete Management Series podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah, really happy to be here. Um, really happy to talk with you and, and let you know all the things that I've been doing and, and how I see the future going with this. It's a pleasure to have you. And I've already mentioned in the introduction of your playing career that you played college hockey. What was it that made you pivot into strength coaching afterwards? Yeah, I, um, well, I think it started before then. Um, I played prep school hockey at the Gunnery in, in Washington, Connecticut. And I think that's where I really um, kind of narrowed my focus into what I wanted to do in a sense. I didn't know for sure I wanted to do strength and conditioning. Um, you know, I was taking some AP biology classes and and I uh, really loved sports medicine, um, which would probably be more of attractive an athletic trainer. Um, but, you know, I loved that side of it. I loved learning about the human body, um, anatomy, the way it moved, uh, injuries associated with with movement or movement compensation compensations. Um, so then I, I really started training there, uh, because we had to play three sports and obviously hockey was my main focus, a winter sport. So in the fall, um, there was a, a class, I guess, or an option to do an X, X factor class. So that was more training. Um, you know, you worked with the trainer there and got a training program and worked out every day. And that's when I really started uh, doing extra. I was running up hills in Washington, Connecticut in the morning before classes and, and really working and seeing how, how my body got stronger and more efficient. And that's where I really started falling in love with it. And um, when I, I played junior for a year after that, and then I, um, I committed to UMass Lowell to play hockey. And that was, uh, you know, obviously a high level division one hockey East. And, I remember getting the, the training program, the strength conditioning program from the uh, the strength coach there at UMass Lowell and, and thinking, geez, what's a what's a hang clean? You know, and we had to do uh, we had to do fitness testing and hang clean or, or a power clean was one of the tests. And I didn't even know what that was and, and had never done that before. So uh, that's where I actually looked online. I was living in Florida at the time uh, that off season and. Um, and looked up online the Florida Panthers strength and conditioning coach who who happened to be Andy O'Brien and I had no idea who that was uh, or what he had been doing or who he had been working with but his email was on there or his phone number and I remember reaching out to him and we met the next morning and that's when I really 
fell in love with strength conditioning and, and realized how uh, how much better I could be as an athlete um, and, and going forward from there. You spent a number of years now around the NHL. How has hockey changed during that time? And to be more specific, how has it changed from a technology and strength and conditioning perspective? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I worked, uh, I worked with Andy there for a few years in Calgary and then um, got hired in the NHL with the Phoenix Coyotes for a couple of years and then went to uh, the Florida Panthers. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been crazy. It's been a, a pretty drastic turn since when I first uh, started there about eight years ago in the NHL as a young NHL strength coach. And um, technology's come a long way, that's for sure. And, and the sport's gotten a lot different too. You know, it's gotten a lot younger, a lot faster. Um, and technology's provided a, a lot more input into player wellness and performance. And people are starting to take it really seriously and, and try to be leaders in that, in that field across the NHL. Um, and I, you know, for example, I remember being at the NHL combine in Toronto eight years ago and it was held in a dark conference room and it just seemed pretty archaic to me, um, even from, you know, back then. And that's when I had been working with Andy for a few years in Calgary and he had trained me and I, we had been doing some, some pretty innovative stuff in my opinion, um, back then and, and going to the NHL level, I expected to see, you know, the highest end testing and all this stuff. And it was, uh, it was kind of a, a rude awakening for me to see, in my opinion, how far behind it was at that point. It's gotten a lot better, uh, don't get me wrong, in the, the eight years since. Um, and I think it's only going to get better with the more technology and things that are coming out. So it's been, been definitely very interesting. If you reflect on those eight years, what effects have these changes had on what players expect from an organization or a training center and its staff? Yeah, I think... I think uh, you know, I think the players expect a lot. I, uh, I think they're all at this point now are used to having some technology um, within their team or their organization, whether it's, you know, they're playing junior hockey somewhere, or they're playing college hockey somewhere. Um, all these, these organizations, schools, um, programs are getting more and more advanced um, in what they're using. So, you know, when they come up to the NHL level, uh, they, they expect to see it, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's changed a lot. There's still some old school guys on, on teams that, um, may not be as open to it, but I think that's, you know, that's a responsibility of the, of the performance staff or the head strength conditioning coach or the director of performance, um, to educate those players and let them know what the technology is, how they're intended to, to use it, to help that player perform at their best, um, not necessarily use it against them, which I think a lot of the, uh, I call them old school players, but the players that have been around for a long time that haven't been um, brought up with that technology, that's how they may think. They may think that that, that technology is being going to be used against them um, to hurt them. But in reality, you know, we're all just trying to get better. We're all trying to win. Um, and you do that by, decreasing the risks of injuries, um, you know, improving their performance throughout the season, making them feel better um, and reducing, you know, recovery time. The faster you can recover and the better you feel, the better advantage you have uh, against the opponent. Ultimately, it's about someone in your position trying to demonstrate value. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, that's where the, the strength coach or the performance professional um, within that organization has to be educated and has to, has to show them. Um, and it might not be overnight. It may be, might be throughout an entire season of how you can, how you're using these uh, values and these metrics and this data to help that athlete uh, perform at a higher level. You've spoken about the changes in pro hockey in the last eight years. 
But when it comes to youth level, how has technology integrated itself into grassroots hockey? What are the main differences you see from when you were younger and an up-and-coming player yourself? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I think it's changed quite a bit. Um, you know, when I was growing up playing, I didn't have access to to really any technology. Um, I, I didn't do a lot of training, to be honest, uh, off the ice. Just when I was, I grew up in Florida. Um, hockey was pretty uh, pretty new down there, um, so I just fell in love with it. Um, you know, got on the ice, started working with coaches one on one things. Um, but from a training perspective and using technology. Uh, there really wasn't any in, in my life um, until I really started getting up to the higher levels and and uh, started experiencing some different things. But even at that level, there, it was still, you know, it was still pretty new. There wasn't a lot out there. Um, and now I'm seeing a, a major shift, uh, to be honest. Like, for example, I visited a facility um, last week that my, my friend owns um, called Redline Athletics, and they're using Fusionetics every day, uh, and it's a youth-centered facility. So the ages in this facility are 8 to 18, and, um, and these kids are coming in there, and they're getting scanned by the Fusionetics and, and uh, you know, have this kind of body mapping um, system that can give them and their trainers some instant feedback on what they need to work on. Uh, and and go from there it's 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 pretty amazing um and i think that's 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 the direction it's going in you know it's these these youth athletes they may be starting at eight years old and now they're getting used to getting uh, a fusionetic body mapping for example and as they get older into their you know late teens or early 20s and potentially in the professional field they're going to expect this stuff so it's fair to say that as they become better acquainted with the technology, these younger players are able to ask more intelligent and sophisticated questions about the process? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think that's that's uh, that's a very important point. And um, I think as a strength coach or, or a performance professional, you you love that. You want the player to come to you and you want them to be somewhat knowledgeable or engaged. And if they are, if they aren't, that's okay. Um, but, you know, you're, I'm seeing more and more of that, you know, the, the parents, the, the youth athletes, they're more informed. And as they get older, they're only going to be more and more informed because they're starting to use this at such a young age and the technology is evolving um, year after year. And, and in a decade, you know, who knows where it's going to be, but these, uh, these players are going to be, you know, right there along with it, with the strength coach or with the performance professional growing with, uh, the changes in technology and how it's being read and analyzed and collected. And um, these players are going to be be well-informed and eager to see what you know and how you can help them. Back to the conversation in a moment, but first a quick word about Conduct. Regardless of whether you're a coach just trying to track and train your athletes, or a performance director leading multiple staff and juggling a variety of data sources, Kinduk's athlete intelligence and management systems will help you better understand your athletes to drive improved performance. Kinduk's broad range of tools allows you to consolidate various data sources, analyze that information for actionable insights, collaborate on programming across multiple departments or locations, and deliver that plan for a variety of athlete-facing engagement solutions. Find out what hundreds of elite sports organizations already know and let Kinduct help provide you with the right information, with the right tools, at the right time to help inform your decisions. For more information, check out Kinduct.com. And now, back to the Kinduct Athlete Management Series. 
How do you integrate these technologies, whether it's Conduct or others, into the performance center you run? Yeah, I, um, well, you know, obviously I use Conduct, um, which I love, um, and I use that for loading my individualized programs um, for the athletes that I work with, uh, not only, you know, remotely, but, uh, you know, throughout the entire country, whether they're playing with, uh, with other organizations or teams, um, if they're, you know, elite amateur athletes playing prep school or college hockey somewhere, um, and it's, it's really independent of the season. So it doesn't matter if it's the in season or off season. So, you know, I'm, I'm able to upload my, my program for that athlete, attach videos, um, that I've made, um, of the exercises that I've prescribed so that athlete can, you know, perform that exercise and know exactly how to perform it if they're across the country or, um, you know, <laughs> across the world. So that, that's very valuable to me. Um, also just being able to upload subjective questionnaires so they can, so they can fill those out and I can log into conduct and see on a day to day basis, you know, how they're feeling and how they're reporting their, their, uh, their exercise metrics, um, and loading their data measures as well. So I can look into all that and then change their programs, um, change their protocols, you know, uh, give them some different supplement recommendations, uh, nutrition recommendations, things like that. Um, so that's, it's very valuable for me, uh, this athlete management system, um, to really communicate with my players and give them feedback and a direction to go in. Have you brought things that you've learned from the NHL to your center and vice versa? How do you ensure you're always learning and bringing best practices to your athletes? You've already touched upon questionnaires and video. Yeah, for sure. I've, um, you know, I, I think I've learned a lot from my days in the NHL. Um, and, you know, you, you never really do stop learning and you want to implement what you've, what you've gathered from that, you know, elite level of, of training the, the best athletes in the world. Um, to your, your own personal facility too, where you're not only training other professionals, but, um, you know, potentially youth athletes too. And, and, you know, you want to give those, those same, um, technological advances that you've been using to those athletes. So yeah, if you, you know, I'm using Sparta science force plates, uh, elite form systems to, to, um, you know, assess velocity and, and, uh, different movement signatures that way. So I think that's, that's a, a big thing. Um, that I can provide for my athletes here at my own, my own performance facility um, and using what I've gotten from the NHL level uh, to continue that on a private sector. Do you feel that video has been a game changer in terms of being able to demonstrate a particular movement? I do. I, I think it really enhances, uh, you know, training athletes from a distance um, or when you can't be with them all the time. I think you're just prescribing a, a, an exercise program on a Word document, um, you know, with an exercise name. Everyone has different names for things. Everyone wants the exercise. Uh, you know, everyone has maybe their own way of doing the exercise. So um, to be able to attach a video to it um, and it be your own video. You know, I know Conduct has, uh, you know, a library of maybe 5,000 or 8,000 videos. I can't remember how many. They have a ton. But, you know, you might just want a little small tweak in, in, in the way the athlete or the way you want the athlete to do something um, to get a maybe a minor um, result, which could be a, a big thing over the course of a program. So I love being able to attach my own, uh, my own videos to, to that exercise. And on a personal level, what do you feel have been the biggest lessons you've taken from your time in the NHL and brought into your work with Empower's performance? I think, um, I think there's, there's a lot there. I think 
you know, always being on the cutting edge, um, always learning from others, uh, asking questions, um, communicating with players. I think that's huge. Probably the biggest thing is, is getting to know the player um, personally as well. I mean, the, the athlete management systems are great. Collecting all the data metrics are great. Um, but it's it's how you use those metrics and how you use that data uh, to enhance the player um, athletically or, you know, performance-based, um, recovery-wise, all of that. I think that's probably the biggest thing. Um, you know, you, I, I mentioned the subjective questionnaires and all that stuff, and you can't just do that and think that you got to know the player that day or that week or that month or that year. I think it's very important to um, have that connection with with the athlete, with the person, get to know them, um, get to know their family, get to know what stresses them out, what makes them happy, uh, all those things. Um, and, you know, it might just be having an espresso with them in the morning and communicating and talking, and they can still fill out the, the questionnaire. Um, so you have some data there. Uh, you can always plug in your own notes based off what your conversation with that athlete. But um, I think it's important to, to create that trust factor with that player um, and, uh, and go from there um, to make them a better athlete, a better person. What do you think the future looks like when it comes to the marriage between technology and hockey? What do you hope to see more of or less of? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I think technology in, in, is huge um, in life and in sport. And I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. I think we're, we're really just breaking the surface here. Um, you know, major league sports are always trying to find ways to uh, engage their fans. Um, sports teams are always finding ways to, to you know, engage their fan base um, to decrease recovery time of their athletes, uh, increase performance, reduce injuries. And technology is only going to get better. Um, I think, uh, you know, maybe what I want to see less of is, is so much focus on that. Um, I think it's very important. But again, you know, just I love the raw aspect of sport. Um, and, you know, I, want it, I don't want the technology to take over. I think it's a very important aspect um, of sports science. Um, but it's also, like I mentioned, very important to connect with the player and the players within your team, get to know them um, in that sense too. That seems like a great place to wrap things up. Tommy Powers, thank you very much for your time today. Oh, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Uh, it was great to connect with you.